This is episode 55 on the Millennial Life School podcast on what's shaping the way you see yourself. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Millennial Life School podcast, where it's all about inspiring and encouraging 20 to 30-something-year-olds as we figure life out together. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode on the Millennial Life School podcast. So today, I want to talk about identity and what's shaping the way you see yourself. And I want to talk about the importance of the story that you're telling yourself and how you are interpreting certain events and situations that happen to you in your life. So this episode is actually going to be going through uh, module 1.1 in my workbook, Master Your Quarter Life. So if you have downloaded this workbook from my website, SharonKillenom.com, you can kind of use this podcast episode as a guide to just walk you through this section of the workbook. So there's a quote by Tony Robbins. He says, The strongest force in human personality is the need to stay consistent in how we define ourselves. End quote. But the question is, how do you define yourself? What do you believe is true about who you are? How do you see yourself? Because depending on what you believe is true about yourself, you're going to start acting in the way that you believe. So I guess the deeper question that you really have to first ask yourself is, what do I believe is true about who I am? And like, if you are kind of like in this place, like wondering, like, why is that important? Why is understanding the things that are shaping the way that I see myself, why is that important? It's important because it's literally everything that really determines how you live your life. Let me tell you guys a story. So when I was in college, I used to always see this one homeless guy named Melvin. And he used to always sit in the corner of Kenmore Square in Boston. And day after day, semester after semester, I would always see him sitting in that one corner. And he was a friendly guy, and I occasionally would drop off a bag of food and just check in to see how he's doing. And one day, I got curious about his story, so I decided to sit down and have a chat with him. And I asked him, like, hey, how long have you been sitting in this corner of the street? And he said he's been there for well over 25 years years, 25 years of sitting in that corner as a homeless guy. And it really got me thinking, like, what must he be believing about himself and about his life to stay stuck in that same place, in that one same corner of Boston all those years? You must have seen so many students come to Boston for college and leave, come and leave. And he's just sitting there, always seeing all these people walking past him, people, you know, going to classes, going to work, and all these people who are actively moving forward towards something. But he's been there in the same place for 25 years. And I think it was my senior year of college when I found out that he actually passed away 
Um, he was found in a bathroom of, I think, like a coffee store, and they found him. He had overdosed on a drug, I believe, and that's how his story ended. But before he passed away, when I sat down with him and asked him about his story, he told me about how he came um, when he was young to America. I think he, um, he said he was from Ecuador or I forgot exactly what country, but he was from a different country. He said he came to America with his dad. But somehow, you know, when he was young, he and his dad lost contact. And he kept telling me the story of how he messed up, um, how he made poor choices. He started drinking and just started making bad decisions and how he's been homeless for 25 years. So that's his story. And I just started wondering, like, man, he is so stuck in that story of I'm a man who made poor choices. And he was so stuck in that story that he was never able to get out of that story. And I feel like he got so stuck in that story of, oh, I'm the homeless guy in this corner, that he was never able to believe anything more for him. But I wonder what would have happened if he decided to adopt a new story about himself? What if he decided one day that he's not going to be the homeless guy in the corner of Kenmore Square in Boston anymore? What if he decided that his story was one of adversity, that he faced a lot of trials, that he made a lot of mistakes, but what if he decided that he will no longer be that homeless guy, that he will be the guy who gets up and tells a story of victory, of how he turned his life around and went from being homeless to being the guy who is able to help other homeless people around him and someone who is able to give back to society. Just what if? And I remember like what was really fascinating about this guy was he used to always sit there and he, he had a sign up on a cardboard box and the sign would say something like, God bless you. And he used to always have a Bible next to him. And I asked him when I sat down and was just talking with him, I asked him like, what's your favorite verse in the Bible? And he just simply replied like, everything, everything is good. So it made me really think about, okay, he has a Bible with him. He has access to this Bible. What if instead of just being a fan of God, Instead of just being a fan of the Bible and instead of being just someone who says like, oh yeah, everything in this Bible is good. What if he decided to actually believe what the Bible says and to live in the way as if he actually believes? What if he actually believed that despite all the hardships that he faced, despite all the adversities, that he is more than a conqueror through Christ who loved him? What if he actually believed and had a new identity of who he is? I don't think he would have sat in that corner for 25 years until he was found dead in a bathroom. 
That's really heartbreaking. And I think for me, I, I like just talking about this makes me feel emotional because I feel like a lot of times we see so much brokenness in this world. We see so many people who are living lives in poverty, people who are living lives in brokenness, people who are miserable, people who are suicidal, people who are depressed. And all these people are just just trying to get by in life. And I feel like, you know, there's so many different things that we can do to aid these people, right? We can give, we can feed the hungry, we can do all these stuff, but really like what needs to change and what needs to click in people's people's head for them to get up and to sustain change is they need to understand who they are and they need to have an identity shift and they need to be able to recognize, okay, what are the deep disempowering beliefs that I have been believing about myself and recognize what is true versus what is false and that they have the power to be able to decide who they choose to be right the circumstances there are a lot of different circumstances that happen and there are things and events that happen to to us that we cannot control we couldn't control the words that people said to us. We can't control the circumstances. We can't control a lot of different things. But the one thing that we can control is how we choose to interpret these events. So back then when I was in college, um, I, was so, I felt so sad because my heart broke for him. But I didn't know what I can do to help other than to bring him food or, you know, pray with him or give him a little bit of cash here and there and just hear his story. But since studying coaching and being doing this for the past couple of years, I feel like these are tools that can transform people's lives and to be able to get up themselves and walk away from that corner that they've been sitting stuck in for the past how many years you can rewrite your story and you can rewrite your future but the first step in being able to change your story is first being able to recognize first of all like what made you the way that you are today like what are the things that shaped you to believe certain things about yourself and to see yourself the way that you do. The belief in who you can be is powerful. So check your beliefs. What do you believe is true about you? What are you believing about yourself? Because the thing is, a lot of us often unknowingly are living with deep-rooted, disempowering beliefs about ourselves that sound something like this. One, I am unlovable. Two, I am helpless. Three, I am worthless. Four, I am not blank enough. Five, I am hopeless. These beliefs, maybe in those moments, you weren't able to specifically put this and put that emotion into words. But if you look at any of these negative feelings, if you really get to the root of that feeling, you might find that 
one of the five things that I just mentioned might be in the roots of that feeling. So just for you to become a little bit more aware of what disempowering belief you might have about yourself, think about a recent moment when you felt negative about yourself and write down what happened and what do you think was the root belief behind that negative feeling. So feel free to just pause this podcast if you're not driving and you can safely do so and take a moment before you listen on to this podcast to just think about a recent moment that you felt negative about yourself and write down what happened and what do you think was a root belief behind that negative feeling. All right, so if you did this exercise, how was this for you? Were you able to identify a root belief behind this negative feeling? So consciously or unconsciously, when you believe that any one of these disempowering beliefs are true for you, you will start to act in a way that is in alignment with that identity, further making you feel certain that this is who you really are. And this is a terrible cycle to be trapped in. And it's time for you to really just break off any of these disempowering beliefs so you can start to see the power, the beauty, and the capabilities that lie within your most authentic self. And why is knowing your authentic self so important? Well, knowing who you are, the most authentic and healthy version of you, will help you unlock your purpose and your vision for your future. And it will help you to understand that you are here for a reason and that it is so good that you exist. But if you don't know who you are, you're going to live the rest of your life thinking you are who you think other people think you are. Let me say that again. If you don't know who you are, you're going to live the rest of your life thinking you are who you think other people think you are. And you're giving that control to the other person. You're asking, you're letting other people define you instead of you knowing who you are and showing up in the world in who you are. So to describe a little bit better in terms of what your beliefs are is think of like a set of glasses that you see the world through. If you constantly put on the glasses that you're not enough, then you're going to start perceiving the world with that glasses of, I am not good enough. And everything you see around you is going to be perceived and filtered through those glasses of, I am not good enough. Until you recognize that you have these glasses on and you are able to take those glasses off and realize, oh, I don't have to always see the world with these glasses that tell me I'm not good enough. So it's really like your beliefs and what you believe it's true about who you are depends on how you perceive and interpret events and situations in your life. You might have heard of this story before, but there's a story of two twin boys who grew up under an alcoholic father. One grew up to be an alcoholic just like his father, And when asked about what happened, he said, 
My dad was an alcoholic. Of course, I grew up to be just like him. But the other twin, he never touched alcohol. And when someone asked him about what happened, he said, "My dad was an alcoholic. Of course, I learned to never touch alcohol." These two twin boys grew up in the same environment, but they had two different set of lenses through which the environment was interpreted. So I want to ask you, what kind of glasses are you seeing the world through? When you are constantly seeing yourself and the world through the lens of disempowering beliefs or toxic thoughts, you cannot experience the freedom and the joy of being fully you. And there are many things that influence a person's belief about who they are. But in the workbook, I just focus on five key areas that might be helpful for people to really examine and to be able to see how they're interpreting certain pasts and how certain events in the past may be affecting their present. So it's not an exhaustive list, but it's a good starting point. So the first area that you need to be able to take a look at to examine how, like, what's shaping the way that I see myself is number one, other people's words. So basically, what this is is how other people's words may have shaped the way you see yourself. So uh, the first question that I have under for people to reflect and journal through in this area is this question. Growing up, what were the specific words your parents, including your legal guardians or whoever raised you, used to say to compliment you or to positively affirm you and who you are? Really think about this. Like when you were growing up, what were some of the compliments you would hear often? And write that down. And a follow-up question to that is, what did this mean about who you are? And this question, I was actually really just like reflecting on this recently again, because I was talking with a friend about how our parents raised us and how the words that they have spoken over us really shaped the way that we see ourselves. So, for example, a recent thing that I reflected on is how. Growing up, I used to always hear from adults saying, "Oh, you're so pretty, you're so pretty, you're so pretty." So they would always say something about my appearance. The thing is, it's like you know, adults often say that to children, and they totally mean well. You know, they want to say something that's nice, so they're always saying that. But what I realized is that, in a way, what that meant about who I am. Is that oh, I need to be pretty in order for me to receive compliments and to receive love from people. So it's like so funny how even compliments and things, words that were spoken over you to positively affirm you. When we're younger, we can interpret that in a way that can actually be unhealthy for you. So what I realized is oh, like why do I feel like sometimes I care. So much about my appearances. Why do I feel like I care so much about the way that I look? And I realize maybe it's because a lot of times the compliments that I used to receive from people growing up was about appearance. So I just felt like, oh, I need to 
look good. I need to be pretty in order for me to be loved and to be accepted and to receive compliments. And so it made me realize like, oh, this is where my, some of my insecurities are coming from. Also, another area that might influence the way that you see yourself is other people's actions. For example, how other people treated you and the way that they made you feel. So one of the questions in the workbook to help you reflect in this area is, when was a time someone made you feel bad or negative about yourself? And think about what happened and how did you specifically feel? Right? What, what did someone do that made you feel this bad? And what was the negative feeling? So in reflecting on that, you might be able to recognize how other people's actions may be affecting the way that you see yourself. Also, the third area is what you do and how well you do it. And I think this area is a huge, huge part where a lot of people define themselves and the way that they see themselves is shaped heavily by performance of by their performance of what they do and how well they do it. So I've seen so many people who, for example, they lose their job and all of a sudden their job title is gone. And when they're jobless for a period of time, their identity is shaken. So to reflect on this, I want you to write down your answer to this question. What do you do? So take a moment to just write that down. Like, what do you do? How would you answer this question? And a follow-up question to this is, if you were to fail at what you do, how would that make you feel about yourself? Right? Is your identity, is how you see yourself heavily dependent on your performance, on your job title, Right? Really think about that. How does what you do and how well you do it affect how you see yourself? And the fourth area is what you have. How does what you have shape the way you see yourself? For example, I'm sure you've seen people who really the way they see themselves, the way that they identify who they are is what they have. You know, I'm sure you've seen those people um, who just flaunt their cars, their money, and luxury goods, and all these stuff. And in many ways, that defines them. Their wealth defines them. And if, for example, one day they were to wake up and their house is on fire, their business goes bankrupt and they lose all the money and the financial status that they have and all the material goods that they own. And all of a sudden, they don't even know who they are. They're so lost because they've allowed what they have to really deeply shape their identity, that their identity and self-worth is just so based on what they have. So to reflect on this, I want you to ask yourself really honestly, just, just be really honest with yourself. Like, how do you feel about your current financial status? How do you feel about your current financial status? 
And after answering that question, the real test of identity is how would you feel if your current financial status was revealed to everyone around you? If you feel like, man, people knew your financial status, like how that, depending on how that would make you feel and how you interpret your current financial status, you might be able to recognize certain things about your identity and how you see yourself and how your, how what you have may be shaping the way you see yourself. So for example, let's say your, how you feel about your current financial status is you feel ashamed. Maybe you're in a lot of debt and you're just, you've, you're not where you want to be financially. And how you would feel if people knew about your financial status, if that would bring a lot of shame to you, maybe you're allowing what you have or what you don't have to really just shape your identity. And the fifth area that may be shaping the way that you see yourself is your significant life events. So our lives are marked by certain defining moments that really shape our self-view. Some events are good, while some events could be one full of pain, loss, or fear. So really reflecting on your significant life events and how they shaped you to be who you are today may be really insightful for you to be able to just reflect and see how different events have made you the person that you are today. So a good exercise is just think about think about your life and reflect on your life story and write down three significant life events that shaped you the most as a person. Write these down and see how different events have shaped you to be the person that you are. And think about how these significant life events have shaped your self-view. How you see yourself. Has it affected you in a negative way? Or maybe some have really affected you in a positive, empowering way. Right? What are some of these events and how did it make you feel about who you are? What did that mean? What did that event mean to you? So in reflecting on these five areas that may be shaping the way you see yourself, this is just to help you to be more aware of the different things that may be shaping how you see yourself and the lenses that you're seeing your world through. Because there's so many different things where, oh, like, oh yeah, it was like when I was in second grade, so-and-so said this to me, and I always felt like, oh, I'm like this because of this person, what this person said to me. And when you're able to trace that back and to recognize that and identify that, that's when really the, the healing process of recognizing what are the lies of my identity? What is not true? What are the disempowering beliefs that I do not need to hold on to? And in recognizing that and identifying that, you can start your journey back to healing and being able to reshape your identity in a more empowering way. 
So I hope this was helpful. If you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. Um, ask me questions on Instagram and just, you know, have a, have a conversation with me. Uh, something that I really um, want to do and the type of person that I want to be is I want to be someone who makes myself available for people. So ask me questions, reach out to me, and to my best ability, I will try to make myself be available, and I would love to connect with you guys. So thank you guys so much for listening, um, and if you enjoyed this episode and if you thought it was helpful, feel free to share with your friend who needs to hear it or who might benefit from this. Um, and also, if you so feel the desire to do so, uh, you can leave me a review on Apple Podcast, share it on social media, and tag me because this podcast, at least as of now, is growing fully organically. So you guys sharing it with other people would help this podcast reach more people. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you guys in the next episode.